0: There is hope for us, yet. We are young, we are wet. I am Laura McCowan.
1: And no I am Holly Whitaker.
0: No and, this this no and this is Home no Podcast.
1: Hey, girl. And so Happy V
0: Day. Happy Love Day. Happy Love day.
1: day.
0: I am. I slept in a lot and I'm writing. I'm uh, meeting up with a writing pal at two in Salem and at a coffee shop, and probably reading. And that's it.
1: That sounds like an amazing day. I know. What are you doing? I am going to go and hang out with my sister and her kids. And then we're going to go to the Arboretum, which I understand is a place where there are plants. And then <laughs> <laughs>
0: living things.
1: Yeah. I had to ask. Um, I was like, "Yes, I want to go to the arboretum, but I don't know what an arboretum is."
0: Um,
1: <laughs> that's awesome, isn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little bummed out today because I miss my my girl um, for sure. But
1: <clears throat> that's okay. I wasn't done. I was gonna say we're also gonna eat heart shaped pizza. Um, <gasps> you are. Yeah, I thought that was the most important part. It is. Um, Do you make them? No, I think they're going to buy them. Um, where, Where's Alma today? Is she with her dad? Yeah, they're up skiing. Oh. oh all week. It's school vacation week. She's it's having, a super, week. Sweet, she's having yeah. a super sweet Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah. And I just found, I told you before we started this call, all these little love notes that she put in my desk drawer.
1: <laughs> so oh. It's like super it's like found Valentine's.
0: Yeah. The best one is says, I am an autist or my I love my mom because she is a good autist o-t-i-s-t I
1: I can never ever make that out I'm glad you can (laughs) I wouldn't have not I would have not gotten it (laughs) (laughs) she's an otter she's an autist
0: yeah so it's a I I like valentine's day uh it's it's never been it's always been kind of nice to me I don't know
1: I, I've had – it's taken a long time to come to terms with it. I think I always had – I always really believed that on Valentine's Day, the man of my dreams would reveal himself and tell me that he's been pining for me yeah, for years. And finally, he had the courage to today, February 14th, <laughs> tell me about it. I really did have that fantasy forever yeah. that, like, something really great was going to happen, that for sure my secret admirer would reveal himself. And um, – yeah. And then, I don't know, I guess, like, I don't – it doesn't even – it doesn't hit either way. And I posted something this morning on Instagram. It's just, like, this is really, like, I look at this as just another day where we get to really remember the power of love and not, Mm -hmm. you know, like, romantic love, just love, which is – which is one of its forms is romantic love, but love, so. Yeah, um, I agree. I
0: remember in in, – I remember it being really stressful in high school and in college people used to get people used to get bouquets of flowers delivered and one time I got one and I didn't have a boyfriend so I thought it was any you know I thought it was the same thing I was like oh my god one of the guys I have a crushes on you know has one on me and he and he finally realized it. It was for my dad.
1: I know. I know. My dad sent me yellow tulips forever, almost every year, for like, <laughs> like I don't know, maybe five or six years in a row. And it didn't matter. Every time I saw them when I came home, I'd be like, <gasps> and then be like, oh, I know. Thank I know. you, Dad. But... I know. All right. So let's get into it. Today we yeah. are talking about the the label alcoholic, and uh, this came up. A little bit because one, we have a letter that we're going to read at the end, which is an amazing letter Mm -hmm. uh, that I received through Dear Hip Sobriety, but also because this week Laura's part of my community in Hip Sobriety School and somebody was talking about it and I realized I did not know whether or not Laura identified herself as an alcoholic. And this is- Anymore. Anymore, right. right? And, And this- this is it, this is one thing I didn't mention I wanted to say for this call I don't know if you remember this but one of our earliest conversations was um, when we you and I were both pretty green in different areas I was you I was I remember you told me you had to you had to you had to say you were an alcoholic mm-hmm. it, like you needed yeah. it and I remember probably on some level imploring you to not but I I don't think I did um, no you, I don't think you did. But I, I do remember personally thinking, oh, my God, you know, just like in my own mind, like she doesn't understand, you know, and yeah. um, she's not as
0: involved in her.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't that it was fear for you. It was when I was in that oh, stage oh. of having fear, like I really was one of the first motivating ba- factors of me doing this work was the fear of other people getting rid brainwashed I guess or or it'd be you know what I mean like getting getting to like it being too late and you know and you you know and so for me it was just because you and I had such a like deep connection on so many levels and I mean and and you were still you were still drinking you know know. that and I I just was like, I, I think I feared for you. Um mm-hmm. and if you only knew this other way, it was it was when I was very naive about believing that I had it all figured out and I had to tell yeah. everybody. And so anyway, um so it's interesting. We're gonna catch up today on it. We have not talked about it.
0: No, we haven't. I yeah, and I I am excited too. I think we've we've talked about it in like our different various sort of circles of women and stuff in our but not directly. So this will be great.
1: Yeah. All right. So um, why don't you go first? So I guess the first question is, um, I'm curious about what your understanding of the word alcoholic, what did it mean to you Mm -hmm. before you you attempted to stop drinking? Like before you kind of came to your – or were moving towards it.
0: Yeah. So my understanding was – Fairly limited. I, well, my exposure to it was that my dad, when I was 15, we went to brunch one day, and I knew that he always drank, but it never seemed to be like weird to me or too much. It just was always present and sit, you know, my family, ev- everybody drank in my family. So, I remember going to lunch with him. We would always go to brunch on the weekends. And I was sitting there at the bar at this restaurant with him and my brother. And I said, aren't you going to order a beer? And he says, nope, not drinking anymore. And I was like, huh. I was like, why? And he said, too many lost uh, days with you and your brother. And I was so after that, he had a – he left the big book lying around uh, – the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous lying around the house. And I he would – I once saw his – what I now know is probably his, like, fourth step um, laying around. And I was curious teenager, so I read parts of it. And that was my first – and I read the big book. Like, I read it when I was 15 because um, it was just laying around and I was a nerdy reader. That was my first exposure to it. And I don't know that I really thought much of it. Um, I remember getting in trouble with my dad because I had gone out. I had gone out. I don't even know what that means when you're in high school. I drank and I got caught for it many, many times. And one time he sat me down and said, you, your father is an alcoholic. Um, you probably shouldn't drink. And I just completely rolled my eyes, you know, like that <clears throat> was nowhere near my consciousness. And so that was my first exposure to it and then I don't know I thought of it as probably as a lot of other people do is something that was like over there, you know, um I knew it was somebody who couldn't drink had problems with alcohol but I had a, a definitely like it the word has always had a bite to it to me and um you know we would joke or my friends would often joke haha we're alcoholics or i'm turning into an alcoholic but that was something i never said because i think it was not a funny joke to me like I, I always had a little bit of fear about my own my own relationship with alcohol so that was it you know like that's that's the exposure i had i in hindsight i was exposed to a lot of alcoholism growing up in my family um and friends. I mean, we, we owned a restaurant for, uh, my, let's see when I was all through high school and college, we owned a family restaurant. Um, there's a lot of alcoholism in restaurants in general, drug, you know, drug addiction and alcoholism. And I thought it was like great and also a little bit scary. And I, you know, I was just, I didn't realize how much I was exposed to it, but the word itself, I thought it was only an AA thing you know, kind of a dark thing and um that that was it. Yeah. How about you? We don't I have never asked you this. I have no idea.
1: Yeah. Well I mean it was in it was in my family too, except my parents didn't drink. Um, my dad does drink now, but he didn't drink when I was growing up. There was you know, I was never Was it um, like
0: never drinking or just they aren't drinkers?
1: Like, they just weren't into it. I don't know. My family, I was surrounded by it, and I wished they did. You know, there was a part of me that wished they did drink just because the rest of my family did drink, and it seemed like we, you know, my family was kind of the outcast. My fa- my, my extended family um, lived a much different life. They had nicer homes, better cars. They vacationed better. They went up, you know, they went on hot air balloon rides. They, you know, I had a, I was, you know, they they were just, it was a different lifestyle, and, and my family, you know, we, we drove Buicks and, Um, it was just, it was different and I wanted them to drink just because I wanted to fit in with my family. Um, but they, like my mom would have a glass of wine a week, maybe my dad, I rarely saw him drink. I rarely saw the guy drink. Um, he never drank beer. I don't even remember. I I don't think, I think maybe when my, my parents would make fancy cocktails, when we'd have parties with my extended family, like they'd make Raymond's fizzes. And I think then, you know, maybe, but I just, I never really experienced it. In my in my environment growing up, it was just not a thing, and yeah. um, and I knew that like you know my 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 cousin was married to David Carradine, and um, she I remember being exposed I, that that picked my curiosity about them. So Wait, I remember, who's that? What David Carradine? He was an actor. He died. He was uh, Kill Bill. It was oh. a lot of oh. Kung Fu. Um, and I remember like I I remember being because he was famous, I was um intrigued by by that. And I knew I knew more about them and I knew about their struggles with you know what I mean? Like it opened me yeah. up to the exposure of what drug abuse looks like, what what um alcohol abuse looks like. But I at the yeah. same time, um, I don't think that there was I don't think I drew I drew an understanding of it. I don't. One of my relatives was very was always drunk around me, and I and he smelled like it. And I was I I literally believed his cologne. You know what what pickled people pickled men with cologne smell like? I literally yes. believed that that was his essence. I mean that the alcohol coming out of his pores yeah. was his oh cologne. My God, I know so many people like that. Yeah, yeah. So I. I was very naive to it. And then I i think like the first time, you know, my mom, my one of my cousins died. I've, I mean, like I, I have it, you know, it's eaten away branches of my family. And mm-hmm. um, and I don't believe that it's genealogical. I don't believe that it's like a genetic thing passed from generation to generation. I think it's a, it's a family dynamic thing that's passed, uh, passed from generation to generation. I don't believe in this whole, I have it in my family and so... Um, I'm predestined for it. I you think mean that there's... from a biological standpoint? Yes, yeah, yeah, I don't. I just, I mean, there are, there are elements to that. Why don't you think that? Um because of the research that i've done and i'm not going to be able to articulate it very well but i believe that it has a lot more to do with what's um what's passed down general generationally um in the nurturing of children and like i think for instance i don't think i abused alcohol because my cousins and aunts and uncles did um yeah. you know my my grand both of all sets of grandparents all sets of grandparents All, um, my great, my, one of my grandfathers committed suicide, but he didn't abuse alcohol. One of, um, you know, my parents, like there was in my, like my lineage, my direct lineage, there was none, there was none. And I think it had way more to do with the fact that when I was born, my dad was agoraphobic and was terrified of having a child and didn't connect with me and Mm. that i and that my mom was preoccupied with my dad's stuff my dad was gay and he didn't come out for years i think that that i think that the lack of nurturing and the not nurturing because they were my mom and dad they both loved me very much but i don't think they were there i don't i think they were somewhere else i think my dad especially was somewhere else and I think that that most likely left a, like, left a predest, like, that predetermined as well as the fact that I, my parents divorced at a really young age and I was overwhelmed. I think those things have so much more to do with the, that than, than me being, than me being related Genetically to, predisposed. yeah, because if you really think about it, all of us can say that, you know. All of us can say that we have, you know, this running through our... because it's yeah. Yes. Because addic- it's it's addiction is a human thing. It's a human thing. It's a human condition. Everyone is addicted to something. Right. And so I don't think that this, like, alcohol thing was um, because my, my, my great cousin, you know, died mm-hmm. of it. I just don't. I think yeah. that it was so much more had to do with the fact that when I was a very, very small young thing my family was deeply disconnected and that when i was also in my like formative years my family completely disconnected i think those things plus the, how i was by a lot like just by nature i'm sensitive and you're sensitive right i am i'm like it's not sensitive
0: emotionally although that is true too but 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 i think do you do you mean sensitive to substances like
1: well, that, I, no, I don't think, honestly, like there's, I mean, so there's two, by a lot, so the genetically speaking, there's two genetic, there's two ways that genetics play into the development of addiction, and the first is the whether or not you are sensitive meaning that you're shaped by your experiences um, Mm -hmm. versus a little invulnerable like my um, you know like it's like the idea between hard rock and soft rock it's like something that's presented very well and eloquently in um, Pleasure and Woven but the idea is that the first Mm is are you resilient? And I'm not necessarily, I am very resilient over time, but immediately I get knocked pretty easily by things. I'm shaped by things. Yeah. I just, I get hurt. Right. And the second is whether or not you're a lower high responder to a specific drug. And then there's also other factors too, which are like physiological, like what specific neurotransmitter imbalances you might have, what you're, you know, yeah. like a lot of people with blood sugar issues, like reach to, you know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of like, a, there's there's a physiological and genetic puzzle that fits together to allow for a specific supplement. to work very well but I think that everyone on some level is addicted to something
0: to Mm -hmm. varying
1: degrees based on not just genetic factors I think but I think like that there is a huge overemphasis on oh I was just I was absolutely gonna become an alcoholic because it was, you know, because my third cousin on my mom's side was I just don't buy that shit. I don't. And I also I mean, and there's so many people that are, you know, that are adult children of alcoholics that never drink, you know? And so yeah. I just anyway, so I don't want to go no, down. No, no, uh, this is great. I'm just
0: I I I don't I don't agree or disagree. I honestly just don't know. And it in a way it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. For my own for my own self. It doesn't matter. Um well, it matters but I, to
1: me because it's because I explain it to people. I try and explain it and make sense of it so that I can explain it to people. Um, yeah, it's like no, one of the I things know. that I feel. But um, but a great. But you know, to not get too deep into it, I, I really do recommend um, "Pleasure and Woven." It's a really wonderful DVD by Dr. Mm. Kevin Macaulay, and I also recommend reading um, or just looking into any of Gabor Mate's work. Um, yeah. Because he talks about this at length. Um, And then, I mean, there's just... Yeah, there's a lot of great studies out there. Epigenetics is a wonderful thing to look into to understand how our genetics change and modify. And anyway, so... But... Yeah. To get back to the point of what I was saying, um, I was the first, like, to make it kind of... To go a little quickly through this part, I just... I didn't really... My first exposure to it really was when my mom called me when I was in... um, college and I had it was like right at the end of anorexia I was 18 and she's she and I she knew I was drinking a ton and she said she just told me one of my cousins had died at age 30 something from anorexia her heart I think no her throat her throat disintegrated Mm -hmm. like um from out from from alcoholism and anorexia and or alcohol abuse and anorexia I would say and I and And that kind of planted a seed. And then I had alcohol poisoning over my first Halloween away from college. I had to go to the hospital. And um, I also, my mom came to visit me after that. And I bought a book on on moderation. And uh, and I just, I started to be aware of it in terms of I might, I might have it, like I could I could have it. That was what I was right. – I think that was how I, I, I really thought about it. And I just – of course, as things escalated for me, I go back and forth. I was very mindful of my drinking for often – you know what I mean? I was just very – I I minded the line. I minded the line. I kept on, you know, I kept on minding that line. And I remember one time as it was getting out of control, one of my girlfriends came over to my house and she, we were just all, it was a couple girlfriends and one of them said, it was during one of my alcoholic periods. And I remember like being relieved (laughs) that you could have an alcoholic period and not (laughs) be an alcoholic. And and thinking, oh, thank God, you know. Um, So yeah, I didn't, I thought about it in terms of, I never want to fucking be that. I never yeah. ever want it to get so bad that I'm that uh, because it seemed unbearable, awful, something I would never be able you know I figured if I had yes. caught if I caught the alcoholism thing, if I had the alcoholism thing then I would be really fucked because I couldn't mm-hmm. well no, it was more like I would die from it because I oh. had never been able to control an impulse in my life.
0: <laughs> oh God. That's I know I would die from interesting. it if I had it. Yeah. So I thought it was just like the worst sentence possible, you know, like I'd rather have anything than
1: that. Yeah, a life a life of misery, deprivation, unable to con- you know, I but I mm. I didn't want it for obviously for the fact of of my game over, your social life ends, no more parties, no more cruises, no more Mexico, no more, you know, but also right. from the from I also deeply was deeply concerned if I indeed was an alcoholic, I would never be would able to beat it. It would I would die from it. Like the like yeah. the people in my family, wow. like the many people, you know, that I had known that had died from it or so yeah that yeah that's
0: that's interesting um yeah I wanted to say too like I as you're talking um or as we were talking about you know why it does or you have so much more research and because you know and, and that's why I love listening um I love hearing all the research and I love it but you you know that's your jam and I uh I guess when I say it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't, you know, that that adds up. That's more of the how I take it today, which we'll get to, or what how I think about it today, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me because I can't fuck with it and I don't yeah. care if it's alcoholism or what. Um, Cuz the alcoholism fairy gave it to you, it doesn't matter. It, yeah, <laughs> or my dad gave it to me or my mom gave it. I don't care. Um but, yeah. you know, it's interesting to say I, I – we'll get to this later, how, why, you know, because it is part of shaping how I feel about it now. So, so, cool. All
1: right. So the next question for you is how the concept or the word influenced you in the first six months of your path. And you can – we have – like we're trying to keep this a little more fluid – so you can also talk about how it evolved for you. You can compare mm-hmm. You can you can add that in now. But the main concept is to like as you started down this path and I don't care if it means after the year of trying that when you know that how it, what it meant to you right when you when sobriety took. I don't right. care, you know, but I'm just curious about as you started to turn in this direction, what that word, you know, how it how the concept of it or the of what the word meant or what the word how that influenced you shaped your path. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then um, and then if you want to get into how it evolved for you.
0: Okay. So the, the first six months – and I'll just – yeah, I'll blend that time together where I was, you know, trying and it wasn't happening. And uh, the first sort of six months of actual sobriety, I, I very much – it the word had like an acridity to it. Like a, I, I couldn't – I didn't want to say it. I choked on it. Um, And and I'm talking about it in meetings because that's, you know, how people introduce themselves. Everybody who speaks before they do it says, you know, hi, I'm Laura and I'm an alcoholic. It's not something you have to do, but I kind of thought you had to do it. I mean, I didn't know what happened in these meetings. I just, you know, did what everyone else was doing. Uh, I didn't – I didn't want it, it caught in my throat, uh, because it felt like a, like we were talking about, it felt like a death sentence to me, uh, I would rather have admitted that I was bipolar or uh, manic depressive or, you know, had, I don't know, really anything than be, you know, say I was an alcoholic, um. I also truly had and this still stands you know I had this feeling that when when people said I do this because I'm an alcoholic or I have this disease uh, um, and I'm you know I, I act this way or I feel this way or I you know these broad sweeping generalizations about their behavior and their makeup and they that it all comes back to being an alcoholic I didn't buy it at all um especially when it related to like emotional states or just I you know I'm hungry all the time or I overdo it because I'm an alcoholic I just don't I didn't buy it and it made me feel like it made me roll my eyes you know and I think that's because one, it was like, no, all humans do this stuff, you know, or yes. this, that's not because you're an alcoholic. Like, what, what is that? And it felt like, on one hand, you know, like a wink, wink, nod, nod, we're all in the same boat. I didn't want to be in that boat, you know? I did. And I also felt like, um, it's not true. Like, it just, for whatever reason, it, well, it's
1: humanness. I mean, it's just it human. Yeah.
0: And, but I also, you know, you get, for me, um, I, I, part of this was just a not acceptance of the overarching fact that I can't fuck with alcohol. So I was in this like intellectual battle with myself all the time. And the word alcoholic was just one thing I was mentally like seesawing around in my head. And honestly, for th- that, didn't help me stay sober you know it just for a while it was like yes Laura you can you can feel all these things and um have these mental battles but when it comes down to it like I just whether all that shit was true or not I still had the (laughs) the glaring problem of the drinking you know the drinking so or the not drinking so I look at you know I, I it evolved over time as okay, let's just hold these questions in abeyance for now. And you don't have to say, you don't have to accept that you're an alcoholic. You just have to know you can't drink. Let's just focus on staying physically sober. You can do these things. You can you can think about this shit later. Um, so I would say... I did. I never got the relief of in a meeting saying I'm an alcoholic, and oh, that's such a relief. Um, I still just i i don't i say it because that's what counts me in in meetings. But I never walk around or I don't write about it saying I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I just I don't know. It, I it's evolved. Uh, you know, it if has There was a
1: time from when from our conversations when you had to say that.
0: Yeah, I know, and I. It's like I can't. I can't recall that into my memory now, you know, that's I, I think I I think for me, and this is a lot to do with AA. It really is, because you get be into your head that you you know, the number one thing you have to admit is that you can't fuck with alcohol. If it's not put that way, that you're an alcoholic. You're I mean, powerless
1: you you're powerless over it. like over I mean, alcohol. Right. And, and <clears throat> let's say uh, you know,
0: on the front of the book, Alcoholics Anonymous you know it is in the dna everywhere this alcoholic 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 thing so i it was sort of like a a fine i'm just going to accept alcoholic if that's what it means to count myself into this okay i think what i meant when i was saying that to you was i have to admit that i can't fuck with alcohol and that was the word i had for it
1: you know um it was. And I think I, re- I believed it.
0: Yeah, I think I believed yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I, I do. I do. I think you did too. I do. I do think you did believe it at that time. And, and I'm not saying this to say like, be, no, I, I know. It's like you're, yeah, Lord. I'm saying this because I think it's really important for people to hear mm-hmm. because I, I did that too. And I'll, I'll get to that when I'm in my story. But I think it's really important to hear that you didn't write out out front. At, at some point, you told me you needed that. You needed yeah. to know that. You needed to right. know that you were an alcoholic that's what you said and these were the conversations we had especially as we were when we were forming our friendship with aiden and we were do you know because all three of yeah. us had very different approaches to how we identified and it was you were very clearly identifying as an alcoholic and I, I just I think it's really important because I think it's important to show somebody like you and your path and what, what got you sober and also what continues to keep you sober on some level does have a lot to do with mm-hmm. AA is yes. you also have allowed yourself even though you are a speaker at meetings and you you know to, like even though the depth of your involvement you, you have these very, you own your objections and you own your, you know, like I I think it's really important for you to say this, but those, that time you were very much an alcoholic as a, like yes, and I,
0: you know, I I think also, I, who the fuck am I to say I have these you know, those were like luxury, it was kind of like a luxury intellectual thing to have in my mind whether I believed it or not when the the truth was I was still drinking and I couldn't get sober (laughs) (laughs) so I just went, you know. But I did, uh. yes, absolutely. I needed to feel like I was different than people who could drink, and to me, that meant, at the time, being an alcoholic.
1: So that's how the concept and the word influenced you, and how it's evolved for you. Um, yeah, not, and I don't one. think I
0: touched so much on how it's evolved. Like today, I feel different, but we're gonna get to that. Um, sure. And you,
1: you, you. you. Um. So when I first stopped drinking, I feel like I say this on every single podcast, but I'll say it again. That's I read the book, podcasting. The Easy Way to <laughs> Control Alcohol. And in that book, it basically is an argument against Alcoholics Anonymous. It really is. It basically says, yes. and he gives, you know, he gives due respect to the organization for saving lives. But then he's like, but it's a fucking joke. And so as he's going through this, his arguments are built on the fact that there is no disease Called alcoholism. That it is. That it is really, truly um, our our belief that we that there is that it's normal to drink. It's abnormal to not to, um, and that you just don't drink. Like that. Basically, it comes from this. You know, the, his approach is essentially coming from this idea that you 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 basically flip your your understanding that it's a drug that feeds itself and that by consuming it. It is it, you know by consuming by consuming it you are when you're consuming it that's the problem when you stop consuming yeah. it that's not when you take on the label and say I have a problem um, you just stop drinking and that, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on, but it basically says that saying you're an alcoholic is an othering, it's an othering factor, and we don't do this with any other drug, we don't do this with, we don't say I'm a cocaholic, but we do say we're a drug addict, true, but we don't say like, we don't say we're a -a cigaretteaholic, we don't say we're a -a cigaretteaholic, and you know, (laughs) And so when we stop smoking, we just, we stop smoking. We're a non-smoker, right? And so this book was very empowering to me. It changed the way that I saw it. And I was like, holy hell. And I also very easily stopped drinking at first. And so for the first 60 days, I didn't even, I did not consider myself an alcoholic at all. I didn't even, I did, it didn't even, it literally did not even cross my mind, um, and then I drank again, and because the tenet of the book is that you're not—you know—it's why I have this tattoo and QTD never question the decision. I—I I started that the safety in it lies in not in not thinking about it, to be honest, and which has worked for me very well. Um, the second go, third go round, whatever go round I'm on, um. Uh, but, like, the idea was I'm not – I didn't think I had a problem. So didn't have a problem. Drank again when I questioned the decision and got shit-faced at a Christmas party. And then all of a sudden the confusion and the cognitive dissonance entered the equation again. And it became a game of thinking about alcohol all the time, trying to moderate alcohol, wor- you know. And then the – I quit on March 31st and then – um I don't know if anybody's ever seen that video of me on, it's like called day negative 14. Um, mm-hmm. I quit on March 31st and I didn't drink for two weeks. And then I went away to a company event and I drank. And, and then I finally quit on, I never remember, I think April 14th or 13th, 2013. And I, it was just so serious for me this time. I knew yeah. I was dying. I couldn't kid around. I couldn't kid around anymore. And tell myself that it was something else. And I knew I was dying. And I went started going to meetings. And I went to my first meeting on uh, that Monday after my, my first day or second day sober. And I easily, quickly, happily took on. And I didn't lose my arguments from Alan. I didn't. Because I used his book again. Yep. I've re- I'd read it you know, three times by that point. I didn't lose my arguments. But I was... I was completely happy to take the severity of it and say, and I'm take an alcoholic. on the label. Yep, took on the label. Yeah, and and not only that, I really owned it, and I was very uh, protective of it. And I, I, you know, I just started. I would, I would very easily, without shame, just say, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, I can't drink, and this was okay. really important. Like a really important thing for me with this was that. I my friends hadn't taken it seriously. It was like, Are you still doing that thing? Are you not drinking? Right, tonight? The not drinking thing. And um I and I had felt very unsupported in this and this really gave me it gave me it gave me a, a case for it gave me a case for sympathy and a case for understanding and it took off the pressure. And so you was, were like, Hey, I'm an alcoholic. I'm, sick. Not a I'm yeah. sick. I'm sick, guys. Yeah. I can't. Please don't say, "Oh, are you still not doing that thing?" You know, because mm. there was eye rolling, ch- you know, not from everyone, but definitely from from enough people to make me feel just not, you know, ugh. Yeah. And so then, with this came the other part of that, which was the unexpected, um, and oh my god, the the whole. This is why I don't have a drinking problem. The othering, and as I sat and watched from other people, from other people as I sat around and watched drunk people time and again with eyes half closed with you know beer breath and I mean just telling me you know why they didn't have a problem I once had one a friend tell me that she could put away 15 drinks in a night and and like she just got lucky and she was she was sorry (laughs) for me and yeah, I, I just, I, that part was just the othering of it. I watched a lot of, I watched, a, I experienced a lot of people that had really harmful drinking behaviors. Um, truly use my, my admission Your as label. an alcoholic and my label. And Annie Grace talked about this too. She said she talked to a friend who was, had identified as an alcoholic or was an alcoholic, whatever. Um, and she, six years before she stopped drinking, said, hey, you know, what is it like? And this friend explains to her. And then nanny goes, oh, good, I don't have a drinking, you, know, you know. Yeah, because I'm not. And her, and not- her problem right. drinking continues for six years because of, you know, some classified. So anyway, I just, it, it started to, it started every time I would say it. And this is kind of what finally did the trick because I felt like, and it's even evolved even more since. So I'm, I'm not getting too much into the evolution of it. But I will say, um, what really changed for me was a few months after that, I was with a girlfriend a few months after the whole I am an alcoholic thing. Um like maybe and maybe not even a few months I think it went on for a while I want to say yeah. probably in like December or um, January I don't know it was after I wrote the Philip Seymour Hoffman thing because I had to go back and take out late referring to myself as an addict um, yeah. because I then rejected addict so much but one of my friends once said to me honey I hate it when you say that you're an addict and yeah. that she's like, I hate it when you say you're an alcoholic. I hate it when you say you're an addict. Can you please stop saying that? And she said, Every time you do your spark dies. Do you know do you notice that? She's like, It's like your 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 like head slumps and your you know, your heart go you know, she just explained to me how she had heard me time and again saying it and that even though I was I mean, I in my mind I was carrying it very proudly. But she said I died a little every time I said it. And um, she said, just you don't have to say that. And Do you think it's true or do you think that was her? No, it was true because I had a really, it would catch, it would catch, it would catch in me. It would do, something would happen like when I would say it because I didn't really fully believe it still. I just, I don't Mm. know. I just, I had started to read about it and. I had so believed at that point that I would be, I was, you know, I'd already, I'd already done a lot of things that were not, it, this was still when I was terrified that I, this was before that confrontation with that woman at my last AA meeting, this was while I was still terrified of my own way, this was while I was still like shaming away when people asked me if I had worked the steps and then, you know, I had it and I'd get that, look I was still in this place of feeling like I'd done something wrong and I was fucking kidding myself and yeah. so i didn't really feel like i had the right to not to question it and um and then if i were to start saying i'm not an alcoholic i'm not an addict i don't i feel like i probably up until that point couldn't have handled that very well and that it would have, it would have really done a number on me. I, because yeah. it just was, people want to tell you, people want you to take that on. They want you, you know, like your, your disease, your, it's your disease talking, you know, if you don't, if you can't say yeah. it, you know what or you're mean? In I mean? Deni- oh, you're or you're in denial. denial or, you know, whatever. That's the first step towards taking a drink again. Or And I just was like, I was so, I was really fearful of, I think, of, of the conversations that might come and you know this. It took Mm -hmm. me a long time for me to post stuff about it. It took me a long time for me to actually stand up and post something in in speaking otherwise. Um, Even about not using AA, that was terrifying for me. I was certain the entire recovery community would call one another and say, we've got one (laughs) on the loose, you know? (laughs) And like something would, I was just certain. Yes, that they would all. Yes, I was so, I was so certain that it, you know, that everyone really and, uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean that was so. I, I finally after my girlfriend said, like, I just, I want you to realize you don't have to say that if you don't want to. And I was like, and I remember. God, it must have been. It was in. Fe- it must have been in February. We were in. I'm pretty sure it was when I was in Hawaii with my girlfriend, um, and I just remember thinking, "I don't," and like it just being this. Oh my fucking god, I don't. You know, I just like it was just yeah. yeah it was. Um, yeah. It's like if
0: someone gave you the permission to be free with it or whatever. I I get it. Yeah. It's interesting though because I you know I I value the time. Like, I get the need when we were talking to Rhea, we, uh, you know, it came up about my need for black and white thinking. Because, like I just said, at some point I can sit there and argue about whether or not I'm, I'm an alcoholic, but if I'm still drinking, who, who fucking cares? I'm still drinking. And uh, the, I can, you know, I'm like arguing about the furniture when the house is burning down.
1: Right. And can I, uh, can, oh, no, please keep going. I, I, did, yeah. I have something important to say about that concept but please keep going
0: well for me it was like that. It was like it was arguing about the furniture when the house is burning down like who cares laura you know and i i needed that black and white thinking whether it was calling this and, and if i was going to be in an a and call, you know calling myself an alcoholic fine let's just do it let's um accept it i did come to realize that the underlying concept was not being able to fuck with alcohol so you know, I, 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 I get, I get it. Like I, I get why the, you know, I love that we get to have these processes and it's not threatening, you know, it's it, now that I have, you know, year and a half sobriety, I have a little space to like take on the meaning of, of it that I want to and, and think about it and explore it and, it's just I look back on it then and and see my struggle as being um, a different one it was about not wanting to take on not wanting to accept a deep truth about myself whatever the label was not wanting to accept a deep truth about myself and my life and all of it that I couldn't drink anymore yeah What were you gonna say? It wasn't,
1: and I—that wasn't me. That wasn't my struggle with it. My struggle was very. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I was gonna say. So we talked to Rob when we were talking to Rob Bell. We talked about this this concept called Spiral Dynamics, and Mm -hmm. the reason that I love Spiral Dynamics is because it explains, uh, in a way that I'm never gonna be able to re-explain—not for years—but it explains uh, an idea of devolution and.
0: Devolution with a Devolution
1: D. Devolution with a D. Yeah. As human beings, we evolve. We grow and we we move through states of believing in Santa Claus. We move <laughs> through states of hedonism in our teenage years. We move through states, you know, we, we basically move through a, a very a, a similar process as has our society. Meaning, we moved in society. We moved from hedonistic Roman times. We moved into a time where where we rejected hedonism and we accepted organized religion, and we mm-hmm. moved through a time where we you know, 500 years ago, rejected organized religion and started moving towards the industrial revolution and science. And, and you know, you kind of look at this, a capitalistic guy who's, you know, on some level like science-based is rejecting organized religion and saying it's ridiculous to believe in God. That's just, that's yeah. like magical thinking. And then, you know, and then we move into the social movement that rejects capitalism and on and on and on. So anyway, the point of this is that we as a society, we as human beings, evolve. We move through this magical thinking to hedonism, to organize, to science, to social... You know, we as a human being undergo, each of us undergo the same type of evolution. When we start to drink, what we start to do is we start to go back down. And yes. when we go back down, we do regress, and this is where I think it's helpful. We do regress into places where we can't, and this is just like scientifically speaking... I mean, addiction. the 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 process that disrupts the most is our prefrontal cortex, is our ability to decide, our ability to choose, make choices. Yep. It disrupts mm-hmm. our uh, our uh, it disrupts our ability to really truly have free will. It's right. our 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 uh, midbrain process, our survival brain, kind of takes over, and we are not our you know. It's like it's called the disease of choice sometimes, just because mm. the part of our brain that becomes um, Most hard is this part of us that actually decides these things. And so it's very like devolutionary. And that's why it is helpful on some level, depending on how far you go. Speaking in terms of how much you devolve and also how much brain, how much of that prefrontal cortex, how much of that gray matter, how much of that ability to decide, how much your midbrain has taken over. There does come a certain point where... It is helpful to have that black and white thinking as you're talking about, and helpful to have that. You know, here are the orders, here are the rules. Every day, go to a meeting. You know, whatever it is, it's very like organized because you have re- you have regressed to this hedonistic state, and the next step from hedonistic is organized. Is organized. It's it
0: takes it to a very simple level, which yeah. is beautiful. You know,
1: yeah. at that
0: at that point, I love the disease of choice, like that that phrase. It's.
1: The point is, but the point is this, that doesn't, but as you evolve those structures, that black and white thinking is not necessarily suitable. And also if you haven't devolved Mm -hmm. all that much, you know, if you haven't gone down and, and succumbed to the disease of choice or whatever to a level as, you know, then it's not going to work for you very well. And so yeah. the, like, having to take on a label, having to say, I am the, you know, like, whatever. So I think that there is, like, I still haven't made up my mind about it, but I think there is some great logic and understanding that because we devolve, uh, because we have, because we we have lost some of our faculties, uh, we do need to have some sort of, uh, we do need to have some sort of, uh, this, is, this is the process, this is what you do, here's how, yeah. this is how. Yeah, yeah. So... I'll say I, I don't I'm not arguing for or against it I'm just saying there's there's an interesting way to look at it and especially yeah. when you said I needed that I needed that black and I needed that structure um so. I totally agree I I yes absolutely
0: and and that that foundation that black and white structure which really for me was you know was it helps me maintain physical sobriety which then, you know, what I have found, especially in the 12 steps and through A, is the then the process becomes bigger and more expansive and touches on um, concepts of, you know, it gets into the other aspects of what AA describes as a disease, which is mental and physical. I mean, mental and spiritual, yeah. you know, um, which is, so It's it's not that it's like, to me, it's it, that black and white thinking sets up the foundation for which you can grow, you know, for which you can do all the other things and uh, heal the other places and explore the spiritual and mental aspects of the disease. If if that's the concept you believe, <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, but God. but but to me, it to
1: me, dis- those ease like that. Dis- ease yeah. they
0: the the physical and spiritual uh, aspects for to me do not apply to they apply to every single human like that's why i feel that aa is is really like a, a structure for it's a beautiful path for anyone it doesn't matter if you have it doesn't matter. Let's not get into the,
1: AA talk because it's not because it's. But it, but some people have terrible terrible experiences in AA and it's. Oh totally you know, no no, I mean, no no. I'm just saying. What I know, aspect I, of it? What aspect of it ex- explicitly? Or do you? So
0: like so so the basic tenets. If you boil it down, boil it down all the way is trust trust God. Okay, so there's a there's a spiritual aspect there. Some people don't want to do that. Fine, trust God, clean house, help others. Cleaning house means keeping, keeping spirit, you know, emotionally sober. So, making sure your side of the street is clean, making sure you're living in a way that, um, that that in a you know that integrates your insides to your outsides. That you're not keeping secrets. That you're not lying. That you're honest. That you do the best you can. Um, that you learn how to talk through your shit. In a in a a positive way that you are basically willing to own your shit, and then helping others. You know that is that's not just an AA concept. I think that is what ends up giving our life meaning to to everybody.
1: Well, I mean, if you're think if you're talking about it theoretically, what what AA, you know what AA aims to do is it aims to free you of your own stuff so that you can go and you can help others on some exactly. you know, on some level. But I don't like. I think it's really not safe to say if every human being did AA, then we'd all be better off. I think that's, I think it's more like saying if every human being faced their own, looked at, you know, looked at themselves and really truly were able to go to the places that a lot of us are forced to in addiction. And then, then, and if we were able to, you know, address those things and move through those things, you know, but it's just like, but I don't, No, it's not, and I'm not, if you
0: remove the AA, if you just looked at the concepts just like if you look at at the basis for every religion, they're basically the same. the The most fundamental base, basics for every religion is the same. If you remove the the fundamentalism out of it, if you if you if you look at at the tenets of spirituality,
1: it's, love. it's all the same. I mean, it's, it's love. been the
0: same throughout the years. It's been the same. It's been the same all along. It's love. So it's love. It's love. Yes, yeah. and so. If you, I'm not saying everybody should do AA and the world would be a better place. I'm saying the tenets of AA are not about alcoholism necessarily. They're about just you know, a model for, for sort of living, to me, living a, a, a meaningful good life. Yeah,
1: but you also need a lot of other stuff. I mean, you know, otherwise Bill Wilson wouldn't have been a sex addict, you know? I mean, you also need a lot of other things in order to support you as you yourself know so well. So I don't want to get into an AA debate here. I think AA is a wonderful program. I think everyone should try it. But I also think it has major, major limitations. And, and it has to be paired with a lot other of other stuff and that it doesn't work for a lot of people like myself. So. Absolutely, I, I'm not. I again, yeah, we don't want to – This isn't a, <laughs> no, an I AA know. battle, but you know, what? we're already, already at AA like battle. we're already at an hour, and I, we have, I really don't want to cheat this conversation, and I also don't uh, want to do an hour and forty minute episode, and so why don't we do this? How about we come back in we do it in two parts and after and the next one we talk about essentially how it's evolved how our, how it has evolved through to today our our idea of this alcohol of using this alcoholic label or addict label um how we feel about it now how we identify and allow ourselves time to explore this because i think this is such an important topic and i think that this is something that every single person that struggles with addiction or more than that people that are thinking about you know they're still like yeah. Thinking about thinking about sobriety, yeah, really, really, we know this. We know we have we have many friends that say all sorts of different things about it, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I just I really love like being able to explore it. So let's why don't we split it in two? And um, well, let's end today with reading that letter, and then we can yeah. actually ask people to submit um, their own suggestion if they have one for what the letter asks. Yeah, I love that.
0: Okay. Oh my god, we could coin a new term.
1: Okay, cool. So, the pseudonym is, it's Deer's Hip Sobriety, and it's from, what's it called again? Question mark. Okay, so the letter reads this. Alcoholic is that socially loose term for someone who drinks too much, not in the clinical sense, but like people we all know who sit around drinking while laughing and musing about whether they're really alcoholics if they get wasted every night. But what's the socially loose term for someone who abstains completely? teetotaler, abstainer, non-alcoholic? Is there even a noun, not an adjective, a noun, exclamation point, in the English language that has a positive connotation about being a non-drinker, a meaning that does not inherently compare the dry state of being to the alcohol, drug-induced state of being? Thesaurus.com doesn't think so. If you're an alcoholic or a drinker or an addict or a pothead or a methhead or whatever, there are a multitude of perfectly acceptable well-used nouns to name you. If you're not, you're just not. I think we need a damn word. I love I mean it's so I love it. intelligently written. It's hilarious. Um Yeah, what do you think? Oh god, I have no idea. I know I remember thinking about
0: this when I was doing a blog post once uh, you know, like thinking about what what word I could use and I actually looked up I didn't know what teetotaler meant. I yeah. thought that was a ridiculous word. I looked it up and I was like, "Well, I'm never going to use that." That's weird and dumb sounding uh and then I looked up I actually googled it like words for someone who doesn't drink and (laughs) and there there aren't any other ones so I remember thinking about this and totally thinking there would be it'd be great if there was a better word but now I just say sober and that word is fine with me I guess but um I don't know. I have no suggestions. I will, by the time we post this, I'll think and see if I can come up with a good one. And then I would love to like crowdsource some ideas. What do you, do you have an idea?
1: Uh, I I think it's really funny because one of my Silver Village? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a resident. Um, resident resident yes. that could be it resident SV resident i'm a resident um i'm a village resident which could be many things but no um, yes. one of my friends david who is like just like heartbreakingly cool went over to his house one night and he had like some condition where he couldn't drink and he said i'm a teetotaler and i remember this is the way Did he, he say said it. it ironically he just said it like he would say it. I don't know. Like he was Was just, he being like
0: cutesy about it? Like I'm a
1: teetotaler? Or was he like you, you, say it? Did he's he the say kind of man without? you drink his words. I don't know. I just like, I just, I mean, he, he like shook my hand and he was like smiling. And I, and uh, I don't know. He was like, don't worry. You know, my partner, his partner still drank. And so I, you know, anyway, I just remember like. Being envious that he was teetotaler, so I don't have a negative connotation with it. The only time I've ever heard it used like properly was when I, you know, walked into dinner at David's, and so. Um, I always think it's kind of jokey sounding. I don't know. I thought it sounded I mean he was just eloquent. He was eloquent. Mm. He just said it and- But
0: that's all about how he owns the word. It's like when you're talking I'm to- just saying. It didn't I didn't mean that I mean, yeah. I think this is a good it's like a cool thing to think about because it's like when you're talking to Pastor Rob Bell and he's like, Well, if you just kinda own it, you can make it something else.
1: Yeah. Um, so I would say I'm not counting teetotaler out. I'm not. Okay. Okay. Um I might make a t shirt with teetotaler on it. Um, but the, but obviously, I like we were talking with Rob Bell. Obviously, I. You know, I've gotten shit for this, like, for mm-hmm. keeping sobriety, but I like sober. I do. I like sober. It you mean you to, got shit for the keeping word, sobriety in your Yeah, company? for the same reason. Yeah, not from not from a ton of people. Just, I've been asked it by branding people. and You know, I've just been asked, like, why would you keep that word? That's a terrible word. And even, I think even Annie Grace and I were talking about it, and she was telling me wow. how much she hates the word sober. And I just was like, but I like it. I Because I've kind of, like, I think there's words you can't reclaim, and I think, like, raw exactly like rob was saying i think there's words you can't reclaim and i think there's words you can reclaim and there is this like also this really great volcano choir song and it makes me cry every What's time that? oh god um avalanche no um i know what it yeah you've talked about this by no, the way it makes me cry when he says all of us like all of us are sober and it when i know i'm <sighs> crying right now because it's like you have to listen to it i can't remember what the name of the song is which one is it is it avalanche or is it um might be. I'm looking right now.
0: It's Almanac. That's what it is.
1: Mm. The lyrics are, shed skin for kin. I'll be alive when all of this is over, when all of us are sober. Mm -hmm. And every time, every time, including just reading it and thinking about it, the first time I heard it, I was on the beach in Termino in Sicily. I was by myself and – I was not having like the greatest day and I just like the words took on such a meaning because Mm -hmm. I do believe like it's not like this I'm sober I don't drink I think it's more of like I'm alive and I'm open up to what my life is like every single day I'm with it I'm in it and one day all of us are going to be in it and with it we are going to stop tuning out our lives you know throwing away everything to material goods TV Porn, social media, food, Mm -hmm. drugs, every possible distraction we have come up with in order to not feel and not be part of our lives. I do believe at some point one day, not in my lifetime, but in some lifetime, there is going to be a point where all of us wake up and all of us are sober and sober in the sense of like, not just like, oh, we don't party, but sober in the sense of we get it. We get it. We're awake.
0: We're awake. We've woken
1: up. Yeah, and so I like the word sober. I do, but I also am not against having a fun name, like a, you know, like a, I don't know. A new name. A new name. So, yeah, I don't have one, but I'm sticking with so far. I'm like, I feel like it's a little vintage. (laughs) Teetotaler (laughs) or sober. (laughs) (laughs) Sticking with the classics.
0: Um, Maybe we'll make it one of our t-shirt designs like the winner will will add it to our t-shirt designs which I'm we're talking about next right yeah
1: we're gonna do some yeah so we'll just kind of end on this we'll do a second part of this we'll release it next week just to to make it consistent um Mm -hmm. but the we're putting together and by this by the time this airs we might already be I don't know. But we are doing a t-shirt campaign that uh, we're going to do in order to raise money to uh, pay for some of the costs of the podcast. Upgrade uh, our equipment. Upgrade our equipment. And so... All of the proceeds will go to getting Laura and I essentially good sound equipment and possibly yeah. paying somebody to help us with the editing of it. So yep. uh, we're going to do a t-shirt campaign on Teespring with a couple of awesome shirt ideas and whatever. Yeah. Let's I just kind of, let's it. hold out for it. And whatever, whatever like word we come up with, I am so hoping we pick teetotaler and that we write it in Helvetica, but whatever, um, but whatever <laughs> word we come up with, we'll put that on one of the t-shirts. So all right. I love you. Happy, Happy love Valentine's Day. Day. Happy Love, love Day. And we'll see you next week for the second
0: part of the discussion. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, can we That was awesome. Yeah. Can we get the T-shirt? Infinitely so. You have been told these know. things.